I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Welcome to News Du Jour. You may be wondering, why am I, Annie Bowles, here hosting this podcast? I usually start by telling people I'm a political baby. You see, my parents met working on Capitol Hill. By the time I was two, I had been in my first political commercial and even got lost crawling around the West Wing. Don't worry, Al Gore found me. My family then moved abroad when I was nine, and I attended an international school in Brussels with kids from all over the world, and it is this type of global perspective that I also bring to our show. I graduated from American University in D.C. after studying political science and art history, as well as interning on both sides of Capitol Hill. I even interned down the hall from where my parents met. I'm now pursuing a professional certificate in journalism at NYU in conjunction with Rolling Stone magazine. I guess I was always that friend in the group who cared deeply about not just what was going on politically, but also globally. I often kept my own friends informed through high school and into young adulthood. So I guess I've always done a version of this show. I'm genuinely passionate about following the news, and I'm here to break it down for you guys every weekday. We always strive to be a calmer space to get your news, or as one listener put it, like getting your news from a well-informed bestie. I'm so glad you're here. Okay, guys, so today we pretty much just have two stories to go over, but they both have like multiple parts. The first one has two parts and the second one has like three different parts. So let's get into it. First and foremost, Princess Kate and King Charles both having surgeries. So two major health related announcements came out of the British royal family at almost the same time on the same day leaving our heads spinning, or at least mine was. Personally, I am wondering if they saw what has played out with Lloyd Austin and realized they kind of need to let the public know of major health issues going on within the top tier of the royal family. All they said about Kate's health was that she was in the hospital recovering from a, quote, planned abdominal surgery, end quote. They went on to say that she plans to follow the advice of her doctors and stay in the hospital for 10 to 14 days. And then she will head home to recover, taking a break from royal duties through Easter, which I feel like is kind of a long time for a royal to take off. She is asked that her medical information and the specifics of her procedure remain private, which totally makes sense. They said they would provide any other details that are significant should they arise. But even though they said the procedure was planned, they also said that she wanted to apologize to all those whose upcoming events she has had to postpone. So that almost makes it sound like it wasn't planned or at least wasn't planned very much in advance. 
Either way, it's her business. And all we need to know is that she will be laying low for the time being for health reasons, again, through Easter. And all of this is based off of the public statements that the royals themselves have put out onto social media that I've also shared via our Instagram stories. Then over to King Charles. Now, his health is definitely relevant to the public for sure. He's their king. He helps shape public policy and is really one of the faces of their nation. So reports in New York Times say that the king is having treatment for an enlarged prostate. Prostate cancer is one of the most common kinds of cancer for men, and it can be extremely manageable. But it can also be bad, depending on how far along things are and the specifics of the situation, which we may never really be privy to. The royals have said that the king would be postponing his engagements for a, quote, short period of recuperation, end quote, leaving things a little more ambiguous than Princess Kate's announcement. He also encouraged other men to get their prostates checked just for safety. And that's kind of all we know about these two different situations. The Brits are known for their stoicism and being very tight lipped. I do think that this will be putting additional pressures on William, of course, because both his wife and his father are down for the count. So that makes him definitely the most senior working royal at the moment with, you know, his brother living abroad and not participating. So this will be a good test run for his own reign. We'll keep you guys posted if any additional info comes out. And with that, we are going to head over to the Middle East. So (laughs) I'm further widening the scope of our segment that has to do with the war because, you know, this is all interconnected. This attack, you know, it seems like a sideline thing, but all of these things are almost a spider web or a bowl of spaghetti. They're all intertwined. So let's go ahead and talk about Iran attacking Pakistan and Iraq content warning, this story involves multiple wars. So Iran has now struck targets in both Pakistan and Iraq, demonstrating to the world that it stands ready to attack and is capable of hitting targets as far away as, oh, say, Israel. They claimed these attacks were out to harm the terrorist groups that have attacked them in recent days, ISIS and more, but the targets seem to have been very civilian-focused, at least based on current reports that I'm reading. But this makes even more Middle Eastern nations being dragged into violence. Let's see, now at this point, it's Israel- Gaza, if we want to count them as their own territory, of course, Yemen, Lebanon, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan. That's seven different countries or territories. That's a lot. Things are definitely heating up. And the reason that the situation in Pakistan and Iraq are connected to what's going on in Israel, the common thread there, the through line is Iran because they are funding these types of terrorist events like what they just did, but also what Hamas did on October the 7th. 
According to experts for Bloomberg, the attacks we've seen by Iran crossing borders and vast amounts of territory show that they have missiles that could hit Israel. And according to experts, this seems to be the message they wanted to send because they could have used much shorter range missiles to accomplish the same goal of hitting these targets. They could have hit the same targets with shorter range missiles. So there is a reason that they use these longer range ones when they could have used shorter range ones. And I think, or at least Experts for the New York Times attest that they believe the reason behind that was to let the world know they can hit a lot of different targets. And that is a dangerous prospect, given that we know they would like to see Israel completely destroyed, requiring children to chant death to America and death to Israel in classrooms in the past. Their intentions are pretty clear. But they typically fight Israel through these proxy groups like Hamas, the Houthis, Hezbollah, not head on. But this shows us that they could if they wanted to. And that is a scary thought because it would be a pretty quick way to draw the U.S. into a physical fight more directly. So another update I wanted to tell you guys about today is that the Houthi rebels have been redesignated as a terrorist organization by the United States. They have been on this list before, you know, back in 2021, they were put on this list. And I am honestly a little bit surprised it took them this long to get back on the list, given how many missiles they have shot at commercial ships. But I digress. So what is the significance of this designation? Well, it's not just a label. It's something that has real world ramifications. You see, groups that are on this list get cut off from things like funding and aid. Humanitarian groups are worried that this designation may cut off innocents like children from the aid that they rely on. If you guys remember, my daily divers remember this, but essentially Yemen has been locked in this internal battle, this, you know, almost a civil war between the Houthi rebels and the Yemeni government for a very long time. And that causes economic instability. Anytime there's a war, the economy is going to suffer and everyday people are going to suffer. So they rely on this aid, you know, just the everyday people. And, you know, it's a tough call to make, though, because At the same time, if the Houthis keep attacking us, we will have to attack them back eventually. And those children would be in danger from war. So, you know, this is a tough call to make, but it's one that the highest levels of our government are responsible for. Biden had actually been the one to delist the Houthis as a terrorist organization when he was very first elected. He went in and said, I'm going to take these people off this list and really try to help resolve this conflict. He took several different actions to help resolve the conflict in Yemen and come to peaceful solutions. Obviously, that hasn't worked. And then the Houthis decided to start attacking us. He said that his administration, though, is simply calling a spade a spade by putting them back on this list. And they are going to be looking for ways to make sure that those who really need the aid, who are innocents, are still going to get it. What they said specifically was, quote, As the Department of State moves forward with this designation, we are taking significant steps to mitigate any adverse impacts this designation may have on the people of Yemen. 
end quote. So it does sound like they're going to put some effort into getting aid to those who really need it. I will definitely keep you guys posted if I hear of anything they have done to that effect. Like I've said, they've done specific things and taken actions this administration has to try and resolve the overall conflict in Yemen. So I do feel like they're committed to that and it's something that they want for the Yemeni people. They just don't want them shooting missiles at our cargo ships anymore. And that for today is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you guys with the quote, healing doesn't mean the damage never existed. It means the damage no longer controls your life. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on that platform or a shout out on social media would mean the world to us and help us to be able to keep creating the news du jour and reach more people who need a calmer space to consume the news. But the best way to support all of our work is to become a patron at www.patreon.com forward slash sugar free media and that is also linked in our show notes you can follow us on social media at news du jour dot podcast on both instagram and tiktok you can follow my personal account at it's annie bowls on both platforms as well any little noises you may hear in the background are my rescue pup he has a little separation anxiety and always records with me We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from...